I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With the pump fake and one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career, but look at him smiling. We go, my man. Another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach, and we are a Carmelo Stanthony podcast, but occasionally talk fantasy basketball. Natty, NBA All-Star Game is a month away, and you were telling me uh, that uh, as you start looking at who your All-Stars are this year, you were having a damn hard time picking who gets your spots. Yeah, it is super duper tough, and... I mean, there are some picks that are just obvious, but uh, there are others where I feel really, really bad about it. Like LaMarcus Aldridge is not on my list and he's had a really good season and now he's shooting threes and he's great at it. Yeah, there's a lot of, so we are, we decided we'd make this podcast. We'll go through uh, our real life, you know, all-star picks uh, for, for the East and West. And we're doing both starters and bench. So 10 total names. Uh, and then we're also going to do our fantasy guys so far. So our fantasy all-stars, East and West uh, starters and bench. Um, and there's some variances. I was actually surprised at how much variance uh, there is between at least my two groups. Um, but it's hard. There are, like you said, there are definitely names who you had to have there. And then from there, it was like, well, who of these guys do I like most? And I found myself a lot reluctantly putting in guys because there wasn't a better option or just like there wasn't someone who I felt like I could bump up to uh to a starter spot uh you know someone from the bench but who bench uh starter guys who I didn't really want to have be starter guys or didn't feel like they deserved starting guys but uh but yeah so should we just get into it Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you, by the way. Like, all of this comes down to sentimentality at a certain point because you're just nitpicking and you're trying to find excuses to put someone up or down. Right. Uh, Like, for instance, um, I don't have Kawhi, Paul George, Big Cat, Kyrie, Pascal Siakam, or D'Angelo Russell in anything, even though all of those guys score a lot. And it's just because I don't feel like they've played enough games. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so let's start. Uh, do you want to start real life or do you want to start fantasy? Let's start fantasy. All right. I like it. I like I it. Think, because I think this might be a little bit different because this is just sort of like, I love having him on my team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think, and I think what you were talking about, about them just having not played enough games for certain players that, that uh, rings much much truer in in terms of fantasy in terms of whether or not this player is a fantasy all-star than it is in like actual nba all-star because i think nba all-star if you look at their general whatever they've put forward up to this point unless it's like less than 20 games you know then it's like all right i can i can grade off of that but uh, in terms of fantasy 
the best fantasy thing is is availability. And so if you're not available, I mean, you're not helping your fantasy team, are you? Yeah. I mean, totals matter more in fantasy and averages matter more in uh, real life. Um, Um, But again, these are just, you know, like we're all choosing our own standards. So there aren't really any wrong answers aside from if you don't have (laughs) Luca as an (laughs) all-star, then then you're fucked. That's I feel like that's my one rule. Like, yeah. I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair one rule. Uh, let's start with the East, uh, Natty. Give me all five of your starters, or or give me and break them down. Give me your guards and your forwards. Okay, uh, so we'll go with guards first. I am going. My starting point guard in the East in fantasy is Ice Trey Young. Yeah, because Easy. he has just been points. Point. He's fourth in points per game this year. He's averaging twenty eight four and eight. He's also fucking wicked cool to watch, yep. which is great. Uh, and his team is in dead last place in the entire NBA. And uh, he gets a bunch of press even despite that. I love him. Um, he's only going to get better. He's super young. He's 21. Um, and, you know, fourth in points per game. Sure. I'll take that all day long. Yeah. He's he's locked in what my starting guard. Uh without a doubt for fantasy. Uh, the second guard was where I had, I, I kind of twisted, uh, not twisted. He is listed as a, as a shooting guard. He can play shooting guard and forward. So I made sure that he was a shooting guard so I could bump him up as a starter. Jimmy Butler is my second starting guard uh, because I could not have Kyrie as a starting guard because of the fact totally. that he's missed a month plus of games. And yes, he's been great while he's playing, but for fantasy wise, that's not great. And Jimmy Buckets has just been, too good in Miami uh, to ignore. And so he was, I had to make sure that he was getting into my, my starting lineup. Yeah. He's averaging 27 and f- 27 and five. He's <laughs> fucking amazing. And the heat are in third place in the East. Um, he looks incredible. Uh, he's one of my all-stars starting in real life as well. Jimmy buckets has proven everybody that he was right. Yeah, baby. Uh, is he your other guard in fantasy? Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean the nice. combination of stats and attitude yeah. and cool factor is just, amazing. it's just ripe for, for fantasy dominance. Mm-hmm. Um, now we might have, I wonder if we'll have more discussion among the forwards. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I have to feel like Giannis is a clear cut. Yes, obviously. Yeah, of course. He's second in points per game in the entire NBA. He's averaging 29, 12, and 5. <laughs> Which, uh, and I don't know if you know this, Natty. Those are pretty good numbers. Dude, let me tell you this. So again, he's averaging 29 points per game. 13 players in the NBA are averaging 25-plus points per game. Giannis is the only one of those players to average less than 31 minutes per game. Harden, it's number one in points per game, is averaging 37 minutes per game. If Giannis was playing as much as Harden, he'd be the point leader. And you know what Giannis is also doing? Shooting five threes and making 32% of them. Yeah, it's <laughs> the, the Bucks look outrageous. They look better than I thought that they could look. Um, I still think that they're going to make a trade in real life. They just don't even seem complete, really, even Which though they're completely terrifying dominant. to the rest of the league. Yeah. Yeah. Like if they get a scoring point guard, like a real upgrade, uh, that, that team is going to be absolutely deadly. And Dante DiVincenzo 
hasn't been shooting threes as well as you'd like, but his defense has been out of control. Like the whole team is doing really, really well. And can I, can I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to use this opportunity uh, because I use any opportunity I possibly can to shit on Ben Simmons, but all of you Ben Simmons truthers out there or, and Ben Simmons yourself, like you can't tell me that the three pointer is not part of his game or that he's just, you know, it, whatever your excuses for him, not doing it, that he's scared that he doesn't want to look bad, that it's not good for his brand to jack up a bunch of missed threes or whatever it is. Like, that's not how it works. Do it. Just fucking shoot threes in a game until you get good at it. Imagine how good he could be if he shot threes. Look at Giannis. Giannis shot 25% last year. He only took two, roughly three threes per game. Uh, shot 25%. And then this year, guess what he's doing? He's shooting five threes per game, shooting 32%. And now next year, what if he shoots seven threes per game and he shoots 36%. And now suddenly Giannis, the already best player in the NBA who can effortlessly get you, you know, 25 just walking into the paint leisurely, can now shoot 35% from three and you can't leave him open for three and you're going to have a suddenly he's going to add that part of his game. Like the, there's nothing that's preventing Bill's uh, Bill Nothing is preventing Ben Simmons from be- developing a three-point shot other than complete and utter cowardice. I'm so the glad I brought up Cora before the podcast. The doctor <laughs> has spoken. They deflated the footballs, Pete. Okay? <laughs> the P- Just look at the PSI. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> In Ben Simmons' defense, uh, Giannis is 25 years old. Ben Simmons is 23. Two years ago, Giannis wasn't really shooting a ton of threes, and he definitely wasn't making them. So maybe in a couple of years, Ben Simmons will be but closer don't you think to where that Giannis is But don't you think that the age thing is kind of a cop-out? Because the NBA was also, even three years ago, very different. It wasn't the emphasis wasn't on three-pointers. And also, it's not only just the 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 age or the – it's like also the Sixers would be so much better off. It would be better for the team if he could shoot threes and shot them at least well, sure. decently reliably. So it's like – I don't know. It's I, yes, maybe the age thing is a factor. Maybe, maybe in two years, Ben Simmons will, will start being like, okay, I can start shooting threes now because I'm no longer a coward, but it's a really good Australian accent. By the way. <laughs> thank, you, thank you. Yeah. I totally forgot that he's Australian uh, and I don't really want to try to do that. Um, you nailed it. Thank you. Thank you. But I don't know. I guess it's just like the three pointer is, has this is the time that you're supposed to be shooting threes and the fact that he is not I, it doesn't point to me there's no reason for him not to do it even if it looks bad other than just he can't take the heat get at me ben. I, I have no problem like <laughs> come at me at pete m rogers the the amount of pub this podcast would get if you did anything commented on this at all i'm sure you've gotten worse things so it's not like i'm you know speaking anything into craziness but uh but anyways, and the Phillies cheat too. God damn it! Phillies and Bryce Harper's cheating. Uh, it is disconcerting that so much attention and stress is put on Ben Simmons' lack of three-point shooting uh, because it does look so strange uh, in the new NBA. Everybody who doesn't shoot threes 
looks a little weird now and maybe a little deficient, like our favorite player, DeMar DeRozan. Yep. Um, it severely limits you and limits what your team can do, especially in the playoffs. So it's just seen as this overwhelming handicap. I don't think that it's fair to blame all of this on Ben Simmons because presumably the coach can bench you if you don't shoot the threes that he's telling you to like when you're wide open um bruce brown is at a weird system you know while they've been the whole team's weird in philadelphia it's a strange mix of parts they do have shooters and the defense is absolutely amazing and it's like if simmons just made a three a game then we wouldn't really talk about it i don't think so uh i do think it comes down to perception like you say like we like if you want to get rid of the conversation then just shoot three of them a game right just Um, do it just do it and if you miss them even if you miss them all who the fuck cares people still like i'll i'll shut up then just like just the reluctance to even do it and to even like try or to seemingly want to get better at it it's just like, all right. And I, and I, I hear myself becoming like a, a radio talk head and I hate it, but, <laughs> but this is how, um, this is how glaring lack right. of range is now. This is how much the NBA has changed. Like even four years ago, we wouldn't be talking about Ben Simmons this way and other people that don't have range. Right. So um, it, it's a real big sea change that happened real, real fast. And you have to assume that all of these dudes practice threes. Like, I don't think that they like just refuse to shoot from long range and practice. Um, and for whatever reason, there's a mental block or it just doesn't seem like the correct decision to make in the moment. Yeah. And that probably compounds itself. You know, it's like batters when they get into a slump. It's like you try to make all of these adjustments and that just makes it worse. What you really need to do is forget about it. Uh, And I think that it's probably tough for Ben Simmons to forget about it because it's all that people are talking about. Like people aren't talking about his extra world defense. People aren't really talking about how good Philly is. They keep saying, well, they should be better. I mean, they're in the sixth seed right now, but if they win one game, they'd be a, they'd, you know, move up to the fourth. So there's so much emphasis placed on Ben Simmons' lack of range because if he could shoot from three, it would change the team. Right. Everybody yeah, would yeah. think of them differently and play them differently. It would be, you know, like unlocking a skill level in a video game. Right. Uh, so shit, man, if they can do that, then it's almost like they don't need to make a trade. Because they already have shooters there. If you can just provide a little bit more space and allow Embiid to really dominate the paint without having to worry about spacing for his point guard, um, then that would be a fundamental shift in our estimation of what Philadelphia can do this year. Having said that, I love Ben Simmons. (laughs) And fuck Boston. Go Pistons. (laughs) Uh, But going back to our starting forwards for fantasy. uh, Oh, yeah. Both have Giannis, <laughs> and who are your other two? Okay, so uh, Giannis is my four. I had your boy, Jason Tatum, oh, as my damn. three. Let me tell you this, son. Yeah, In fantasy, he is the number one small forward in points per game in the Eastern Conference. In, in fantasy, he's number one. 
he's averaging 21 and seven and he's shooting 2.4 three pointers made per game. The Celtics are in the two seed. They are 27 and 11. They're really fucking good. There's so many parts on Boston that it's really um, hard to say to single out just one player, but that's why you have to try. Like Jalen Brown's been great. Kemba's been great. But Jason, Jason Tatum in terms of fantasy and in terms of like the small forward position. And when you're just looking at the East, he's the best one. Yeah. Damn. I, I have him as my, as a, uh, as a bench forward for, for fantasy. And that was just because I didn't really do position for fours. I just went big and who was getting me the most points. Uh, sure. Totally. So far this year. So, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I love to see any Celtics up here on this list. My two forwards along with Giannis were Drummond and Sabonis. Because both of those guys have just been getting you fantasy points up the wazoo. Drummond was more or less expected, but Sabonis, I just had, I have to give him, you know, he is well, he is well deserving and has earned the right to be a fantasy all star uh, this year and to get that recognition. So I wanted to make sure I gave him the props that he deserved. Dude, absolutely. He's fifth in rebounds per game, he's averaging 17 and 13. That team is good, unfortunately, and he's really good. Um, he is my bench four. Yeah, I think he's just having a wonderful year. I think the Pacers are going to be super dangerous once Depot comes back, especially if Miles Turner can actually uh, sort of, I was going to say get out of his slump, but just do better. <laughs> but whatever. That team's great. Drummond is number one in rebounds per game. Yep. He's averaging 17 and 15. I mean, he's he's just averaging a dirty, dirty double-double. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, um, he got benched the other game in the fourth quarter and in overtime, but that was just sort of indicative of where the Pistons are, not so much where he is. Sure. He's not an overwhelming offensive force, but he gets you those boards and he gets you dub-dubs. Um, and, and you know what his he free did? throw shooting has been better. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what he did? Uh, let me find it against the Bulls, like three days ago. Oh, he made a three. Yeah, he shot a goddamn a three. Totally, he's done that before. I mean, he's trying to in. He's a. He's still a super young guy, which um, is awesome. Whoever, yeah, he is. When and that's always the thing that surprises you because you feel like he's been in the league forever, which he has. But when they come in at like eighteen you know, eight years in the league. It's like, Oh, you are 26 years old. Yeah. He will be entering his prime on his next contract. And uh, if he can get some range, then whoever, whichever team gets to keep him, maybe they have a much better player. Uh, But he's just because of the rebounds alone. I mean, he's solid gold in fantasy. Uh, He gives you, you know, exactly what you're looking for in centers uh, even though, well, he just made a three, so maybe that'll start going up yeah, as well. Baby. But he's a traditional center, and he's great, and I love him, and he's not going to be a piston. <laughs> Who's your other forwards, uh, other starter? Okay, so I wanted to give some love to Embiid, who, sure. you know, obviously doesn't play as much as we'd like, but he's averaging 23, 13, and three. I feel like that's pretty good. Decent. Um, Chris Middleton is averaging 19, five and three, and he's shooting better than 40% from three and from the floor overall. That's just so fucking solid. Like he's not the sexiest guy to own in fantasy. Yep. 
And I mean, who the fuck knows what he sounds like? Uh, but he's he's super, super duper good and absolutely solid. And he's having a great year. So you're starting him over Embiid? Oh, no, he's uh, one of my uh, bench Oh, he's forwards. a bench guy. Got it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I just wanted, you know, I just wanted something spicy. Uh, but clearly you uh, didn't, weren't doing that. Weren't going for that. Well, I have the dentist as a bench guard. Oh, I don't know I'm if that's against, spicy. I mean, he is, he is currently one of the better performers on my fantasy team. So I, I don't have him on my, uh, on my all-star team, but I can't disagree with you on that. Um, Dude, since December 1st, he's 10th in points per game. He's averaging 26, five and four since 12, one. That's pretty hot. That is. Yeah. That is, oh, damn. And the Bulls might... suck, and it would be funny if he, they had an all-star. God. It's the it's the way that you are able to temper your fandom that I think really makes this podcast work. You have to try to be objective, Pete. Right. And the Bulls are objectively garbage, and even that's... though they have the exact same record as the Pistons. So what is that? That's how we do it here. That's how we do it. <sighs> Shit, you might be, you might have convinced me to change one of my bench guards. Uh, all right, well, so let's go. So you got, you got, Zach Levine is one of your bench guards and who's your other one. And Simmons is my bench one. Yeah. yeah. That's he's that's, just, I've got him as a great. bench. Too. He's you fifth in assists per game, by the yeah. way, you can't, you can't ignore him no matter how much I try. Um, I had Kyrie as a bench guard. Uh, my little demotion was the fantasy impact, but I might also just quickly knock him off the list entirely and put Levine in. I was there. Or, you go. Or Bradley Beal. Both of them. Bradley Beal though has also had some injury uh, misses, which you know is never what you want. But so is you know. Yeah, I mean he's averaging twenty-seven points per game, right. <laughs> which is sixth in the NBA. Uh, it's a little ridiculous that. I have Levine, or that we have Levine instead of Beal. Maybe we should do Beal yeah, instead. I got Beal. I got Beal. You can take Levine and okay. I'll take Beal. That way we've covered cool. all our bases. But fuck Kyrie. Well, is on my real life right. all-star. For whatever reason, I just sort of feel like he shouldn't. I mean, I'm punishing him a little bit for just being on a terrible team. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Like, that's fair. Levine, we thought was going to be really good, and the Wizards are just weird. Also, Davis Bertans is the best player on the Wizards. So, tell me, can we give it to me? Yeah, raise raise your hand hand if you uh, thought that was going to be true. Yeah, I I should mention my two all stars for three pointers are (laughs) Davis Bertans, (laughs) who's second in three pointers made with 3.7 per game. He's shooting 43% from deep. And Duncan Robinson, who's 11th in three pointers made, averaging 3.2 per game, also 43% from deep. Duncan Robinson's 3.2 are also tied with Kyle Lowry and JJ Redick. Redick's shooting 46% from three this year. JJ Redick, man, I just feel like he, I think he's going to get traded at the deadline. I think some championship team or some team with, with real championship hopes is going to make the move for him because the guy can still play and he's played in so many pressure situations that he's one of those guys who you want on, you know, when the game is in the balance, if he, I remember when he was on the Sixers and anytime the Celtics would play him, anytime he was coming off of a screen, I was just like, well, fuck, there goes three. Oh yeah. Like he's automatic from there. And so any team who's a championship contender would be smart to try to get him off the Pelicans right now. And he probably wants to, because he's got that perfect playoff streak to think about. Yeah. It's uh, this, this trade season 
not much is happening. It's pretty tough to move these salaries. Um, I mean, we all expect certain teams to make moves. Like everyone expects the Lakers to make a move. Uh, I, have a, I, I have a story to talk about. Kuzma's so cheap. Yeah, yeah. Oh, can yeah, we, no, go ahead. Can we talk about, did you see this on, God damn it. I'm so glad you brought this up because I wanted to figure out how I was going to sneak this into the podcast and now I have. Did you see Stephen A. Smith's Lakers trade? Oh, the trade, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> what absolute garbage. So for those who hadn't seen it, we tweeted it out on our on our Twitter account, so make sure to follow at the Long 2 Podcast. But so Stephen A. Smith talks about how Kuzma and some players and some picks, and if the Lakers can get it, why not trade for, you know, Booker? And it's like, um, yeah, he makes it sound like there's some, like, this is a trade that maybe the Lakers should think about when it's like, I'm sorry, I, the Lakers, are, <laughs> the Suns are going to trade the, one of the best players in the NBA for Kyle Kuzma and some shit. Yeah. First of all, no one's trading Devin Booker. Okay. No one's He's trading 10th in Devin points Booker. per game. He's one of the most, uh, exciting young players in the league. Uh, Phoenix could turn into a real powerhouse team if they were able to build an actual team around Booker. He's absolutely fantastic and is one of the funnest dudes to watch. He's shooting 50% from the floor, by the way. Uh, Having said all that, there is a cynical part of me which is like, yeah, but the fucking Lakers and the fucking LeBron and, like, (laughs) why wouldn't something ridiculous happen? I mean, it, it would. You know it would. Also, Sarver, the awful owner of the Suns, routinely does shit to, like, sometimes he'll spend money, but then he'll be so cheap. In other words, like, he sold a second-round pick for cash. It's, ugh, that whole team, I don't know. Like, anything can happen with Phoenix, and anything can happen with LeBron, and anything can happen with the Lakers. So, yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, I'm also pretty sure that Rob Palenka and Rob Lowe are the same person. Oh, that's funny. They're <laughs> like, they do sort of look like cousins. Look like eerily similar. If you saw just, them at a barbecue, you'd be like, oh yeah, well they're related. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. No, I was, I was scrolling through Lakers Twitter at, while I was <laughs> watching this Stephen A thing and I saw a picture of Rob Palenka and I was like, oh my God, it's Rob Lowe. Um, so anyway. The other thing is that like Booker has a real salary and Kuzma doesn't. And it's just, it's no- just an awful trade, Stephen A Smith. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, what is what is his thought? And I love how he phrases it. I love how he pitches it as like maybe the Lakers should think about this because it could be a good trade for them. Not like, hey, this is a wildly absurd trade that I'm putting out there. That would be an absolute fleecing for the Lakers. Like the Suns would, everyone would have to be fired if that trade went through because nothing the Lakers are going to offer is going to be worth Devin Booker. And I love how Stephen A's just like, if I'm the Lakers. Maybe Kuzma, you'd have to add some players and some picks, but maybe you get Devin Booker. I kind of wonder if maybe he just forgot that uh, he's not on that Booker isn't on his rookie deal anymore. <laughs> I mean, he's still young. He's 23. He's, he's, he's still young. He's super young. Uh, the whole, f- <laughs> I feel like I haven't heard something like that come out of Stephen A. Smith's mouth before where it just seemed like so ridiculous uh, just in terms of like misunderstanding what 
the numbers are on each side. So either he knows something and it's nowhere near as ridiculous as people think, and that's absolutely possible, um, or he probably just forgot uh, the, you know, salary for Booker. Got what? Because what otherwise, is- it's because there's a, like, what do you want on the Lakers? Like, you can't give up Danny Green because he's integral to your plan for the playoffs. Um, you, I don't think that you really want an offense only player like Booker. I mean, Booker's not a good defender. Um, so I, it it just seems like a strange target. Um, I think they really want to upgrade at guard for sure, but I don't really know if like going after a super elite player seems a little far-fetched i think with the at or the lack of assets they have yeah like no one wants their old players no one's going to be like sweet we got javel mcgee <laughs> dwight howard made a three the other night you're saying you're saying the Suns wouldn't want to pair javel mcgee and deandre ayton as the future of their team dude uh okay so in Stephen a uh smith's defense the Suns gm james johnson Use is like friends with LeBron and I'm pretty, yeah, they played together and the Suns already made a weird trade with the Lakers last year. So who knows? I mean, Smith is plugged in like stranger things have happened. I assume there would be like a third team somehow, uh, but I don't, <laughs> I don't really know how it would work. I'm sure the internet will like shoot out all these trade scenarios where it's like, yeah, look, it could work. Yeah. Uh, anyways, you're doing great, Stephen A. Keep up the good work. Uh, wrapping up the everyone's East. talking about it, by the way. Yeah, maybe hey, that's man. the point. That's everyone's the, talking about that's it. That's how you do it. That's. I mean, why do you think I have this vendetta against Ben Simmons? Whenever he eventually calls us out on it, we're going to be huge. Um, my uh, to round out the East for fantasy for fantasy all stars. My three bench uh, forwards. I got Tatum. I got Embiid, and I got Vucevic. Those are my guys. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Booch, right on. What about you? Uh, I think we mentioned everybody. Um, So my starters are Ice Trey, Jimmy Buckets, Tatum, Giannis, Drum. And then my bench is Ben Simmons, Levine, Chris Middleton, Sabonis, and Bede. Swag. Uh, Cool beans. There we go. So let's move on to the West then. Uh, in the West, I've got for fantasy starters for my guards, I got Dame Lillard. I bumped him up here uh, nice. because just his season's been great. And fantasy wise, I mean, he's been he's been huge for you. He's been a delight to have. Uh, yeah, and eighth in assists per game. He's yeah. averaging twenty six seven and four with three point four three pointers made per game. Um, and then uh, and then my other guard is James Harden because you can't argue with that. And don't worry, I didn't, I didn't spurn Luca. I just made Luca a forward so that I could put Dame as a guard. That's totally cool. That's fine. Yeah, Harden is first in points per game, obviously. Harden somehow is scoring more points per game than he did last year. 37, 6, How? and 5. That's How? his stat line. It's incredible. It is absolutely insane. And the problem is, is that because he's just like done this so casually, now people are just in, you know immune to it. Like there's no, there's no, yeah. like I, this should be the, one of the most absurd, this is one of the most absurd scoring seasons we've ever seen from a player. And it feels like people are just like, oh, James Harden averaging 37 a game. <laughs> like, this isn't ridiculous. I think it's similar to what his teammate Russell Westbrook went through a couple of years ago with yeah. the triple double average. Uh, at a certain point, you just see it so much that it must become normalized. Like you can't keep being shocked. 
Um, there are reasons why Harden is able to do this. And I think people uh, recognize that like they Harden's scoring output doesn't feel the same as Michael Jordan's did. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though Harden could have one of the best scoring seasons ever, um, it's, it seems like he uses technicalities a little bit, if sure. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and his step back three, while it's respected, it's not admired. Um, so, and I think he's always going to get negative kudo points for, uh, not being great on defense and his sort of reluctance to try to be a better all around player. Yeah. But the scoring's crazy. Like in fantasy, get the fuck out of here. He's number one in points. Right. Obviously the guy who's this points leader should be on your fantasy team. He is my starting two guard. God, he's good. Uh, and is Lillard your one guard or do you have Luca there? Uh, I put Luca at my one third in points per game, averaging 29, nine and nine. He has the Dallas Mavericks in the sixth seed right now. And he's just, you know, probably the number one pick in anti in any fantasy basketball dynasty. Oh yeah. Yep. hundred percent. I am very happy that this league that I took over, they were one of the owners was not doing you know he was not being an active member so they kicked him out and so they so i joined just before that draft and uh and had the first overall pick because his team sucks so i took luca and uh i have not looked back my team has been very good because of it so i'm very happy but yes he is a must-have and is a god yeah it's and it's fun to watch um it was cool watching him get frustrated and (laughs) tear his jersey it's just yeah it's great it's awesome. Right on. Um, What's your front court? Yeah. So my front court, I got Luca and then I got LeBron and Davis just because both of those guys have been playing phenomenally. Anthony Davis. I talked about on last week's podcast. I gave him a win uh, because I was hard on him all off season, but he's been great uh, for you in fantasy and has been able to play a fair amount of games. And then, uh, and then for LeBron, LeBron, I think the most preposterous thing about him and maybe people expected this, but, his assists have just been uh, phenomenal. And that's not, it's not a part of the game that I thought was going to be as uh, productive as it, as it has been. I would love to remind you, however, that we talked about that possibility on this, this podcast true. before the season. What did we say? That LeBron was going to be the distributor and he was going to make the team look good. All of the AD for MVP was bullshit. Anthony Davis could win defensive player of the year, but LeBron has a much better chance of being MVP. Uh, he's first in assists per game. He is aver- He's 12th in points per game. He's averaging 25, seven and 10. He's once again, changed himself and added things to his game. He looks, yeah. <laughs> it's just so weird how he's looked like different players at different points in his career. It's so impressive. Uh, he's my starting small forward. AD is my starting four. AD is scoring 27, nine, and three. He's seventh in points per game. And then I have Joker at center, who's averaging 19 and 10 with 6.4 assists per game. And since December, Joker has been scoring 20 plus. I love it. Yeah, he's my, he's one of my forwards. Uh... And on the bench. So I can't argue with the fact that he's been extremely productive for you in fantasy. 
Yeah, and at center position, getting those assists, like he averages the same amount of assists as Chris Paul, the point guard. So you will absolutely take right. that uh, from your center position. 100%, 100%. Uh, all right, and then on the bench, uh, who are your bench guards? My bench guards are the point guard, or the point guard, excuse me, CP3, <laughs> right, who's averaging, guard. yeah, exactly, just the one. He's the only one that matters. <laughs> He's averaging 16, five rebounds, 6.4 assists per game. Um Oklahoma City is in the playoffs. They're 23 and 17. He's a big part of the reason why. And my two guard is DeMar DeRozan. He nice. does not shoot threes. He averages 22 points per game, five rebounds, and five assists. I love him so, so much. And he's shooting 53.5% from the floor. Uh, the Spurs are not in the playoffs right now. <laughs> Memphis <laughs> is. But DeRozan gets you points and uh, five assists and five boards per game is fucking great. So I, you know, a lot of people wouldn't have him as their two guard in fantasy, but I don't give a fuck. I love him. Go to chosen. Yeah. Uh, Also, it's preposterous that Memphis is currently in the playoffs. I love it. They could make a trade. Like, what if they make a trade to get really good? They could trade for Devin Booker and some picks. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, God. I mean, if all the Suns need to get de- to trade away Devin Booker is Kuzma and some players and some picks. I mean, come on, Memphis, you can top that. They're <laughs> Memphis and Oklahoma City were supposed to be not in the playoffs this year. They were supposed to be like on the sort of rebuild track, and they're both in the playoffs. And neither the Spurs nor the Blazers are. It's and obviously, insane. the Suns after that their fast start. The Suns are sixteen and twenty three. They're trash. They are. Uh, but, uh, okay. So then my bench guards who I got for the West, I have Booker and I wanted to put him in here just cause I like to give him props. Just like what I did with Sabonis, Brandon Ingram, man, way to be way to yeah. get out of LA and, and thrive mm-hmm. and to become the player that maybe that a lot of people expected you to be. Maybe you haven't hit your highest of ceilings yet, but you've looked great. You've put together a huge season, and for anyone who's stuck with him in dynasty leagues, or if you got him late, probably in redraft leagues, hey, like, wait, he's he has played extremely well this year, dude. He like is the only player that sort of looks like the Pelican logo anyway, <laughs> with his long ass fucking arms and his bird bones. He's uh, 13th in points per game. He's averaging 25, 6, and 4. He is so fucking good. I'm so glad that this worked. He's great. We've liked him since he came into the yep. league. Um, and we always, you know, talked about, like, is this the sort of guy that can turn into an MVP? And he looks like he could become one of the best players in the NBA. He's my, yeah, bench small forward in fantasy as well. He's so good. Oh, you have my small forward, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm now looking at my uh, my bench forwards. This is going to be a crazy lineup, but I'm here for it. Um, yeah, my my bench forwards are positionless. We're just going to roll with that. Uh, and I'm going to say it's Cat, Joker, and Rudy Gobert. So make with that lineup what you will, because <laughs> it's Devin Booker, Brandon Ingram, Carl Anthony Towns, <laughs> Nikola Jokic, and Rudy Gobert. I mean, who's you're not doing anything on that team. I do sort of feel like you could play those three guys at the same Couldn't time. You? Just because <laughs> it's kind of crazy. <laughs> you know, Cat but I think and Joker. You could. Yeah, that's so funny. 
Uh, Gobert is averaging 14 points and 14 rebounds per game. He's second in rebounds per game after drum. He's absolutely fantastic and gets you double doubles all the time. Um, in He's real life, guy who defense. I, who I own a, owe an apology to because I did not have him. I don't think I had him in my top five fantasy centers, which you gave me a lot of shit for, rightfully so. Yeah, but for the first two months, you looked right. You know, like Utah just didn't look like a great team and or, or not as good as anyone thought they would. He started off slow, the stifle tower. Yeah. Um, but he's just looking fantastic and, uh, he'll, he's probably going to keep getting better. Um, it would be nice if he scored more, obviously, but you can't have everything in life. I'll take <laughs> second and rebounds. That's totally cool for my bench center. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's good. Uh, do you have any changes for your lineup? I know you've got Ingram in there and who else is your, are your, uh, front court? Yeah, so Ingram's my small forward. Gobert's my center. Okay. My bench four is Mr. 3J, Jaron Jackson Jr. Wow. Yeah, this is fantasy. This is fantasy. So let me tell you why. <laughs> he is the only person in the NBA who has over 100 three-pointers made and over 50 total blocks. That's what we call some That's- nice scarcity. Yeah. That's the kind of shit that Brooke Lopez did last year. 3J, okay, 16 players have over 100 three-pointers made, including Jaron Jackson Jr. 3J has the fourth best three-point percentage of that group, 41.8%. Since December, he's averaging over 20 points per game on 50% shooting. Memphis is 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. They're in the eighth seed fighting with the Spurs. 3J looks so goddamn good, and I'm so excited about that team because, I I mean, the other young players look sensational as well. But he's just been so, so good over the past month and change. And I'm going to reward him and his playoff team with an all-star spot. Hell yeah. And you know what the best thing in the world is about this, Natty? People can't give a shit because this is fantasy. These are our fantasy all-star teams. I mean, he's, you know, 20 points per game. That's nice. He's five minutes old uh, and he shoots with efficiency. Yeah, I'll take all those things. Thank you very much. Please, and thank you. Um, All right, well, let's get into our real-life all-star teams. Uh, But before we get into those, uh, let's take a quick ad break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Time to do our real-life all-star teams. And this is maybe more 
difficult. I had a lot of players in here who I kind of was like, I guess, or was like reluctant to put in there. Uh, but let's start with the, we'll start with the West this time. Uh, and I feel like starting guards, I have Luca and Harden as my starting guards for the West in terms of real life all-star team. Yeah, ditto. I mean, there's, I don't even think there's debate about that. Yep. Like, unless someone was like, well, you can't put Luca at the one. It's like, okay, fine. Sure. But, um, (laughs) but, but then the guy who's going to be at the three, LeBron, is the assists leader. Right. So, what what a position to be point guard if you want, and I'll put Luca at three. Yeah. And if you're going to tell me that the guy with the most assists is, can't be the point guard, then (laughs) I'm going. I'm going to yell at my reflection and say there are no rules. Uh, and then for forwards, I have LeBron, Davis, and Kwai. Okay. Um, I have LeBron and AD. I am penalizing Kawhi for sure. playing only 30 games this year. And also uh, showing love to the French rejection. Rudy Gobert is my starting oh, cool. center. Very in nice. The West. His defense is just it's, all world. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah, no, and he and it's been on full display this year, uh, and you can't disagree with that. Uh, bench guards, who do you got? I have Dame and DeChosen on my bench. Nice. I have Dame and Devin Booker. Right on. Totally. Yeah, the DeRozan. Uh, so I, I will say, I wrote this before I, I made my picks. Before I read uh, your article on DeRozan, which is out on FakeTeams.com, so make sure you go check that out. Talking about. DeMar DeRozan's season and how he is, even though he's a small forward or even a shooting guard, sometimes he's playing like a big uh, and is top 13. You said, I think in, in field goal percentage isn't shooting threes, uh, but still is having a wildly productive season. And so after reading that, I do think that he should get some all-star love, especially given the fact that he is definitely uh, zagging while everyone else is zigging, but uh, I couldn't pass up, you know, future Laker Devin Booker. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, this is a sentimental pick of course, I, for sure. <laughs> you've been, you've been on the DeMar to chosen train. Plus also, I mean, you have to give some props to him after he literally murdered a man on the court. Yeah. Yeah. That dunk was like people on the bench were looking away. It was, so, it was like a car crash. It was so terrifyingly incredibly like loud and violent. God damn. That was awesome. It was, it was preposterous. It's and you don't really <laughs> like sometimes uh, I'll be watching games and I won't have the sound on. I'll be listening to something else or doing uh-huh. something else. And so it's sort of hard to appreciate dunks that way, obviously, because some of it is the sound. And you just have to sort of judge by the reaction of people when right. it's a really big one. And with this, I just watched it uh, silently after the first time I saw it, it was like everyone reacts it's such an amazing way everyone yeah it's incredible uh yeah that was a phenomenal tongue uh for your bench forwards who do you get okay so i have ingram again um and i changed my mind i am going to have lamarcus aldridge as my bench for he's just having a totally solid season and he's shooting 50 percent from the floor he's shooting 44 percent from three he's now a long-range assassin um you know, he's just averaging 19 and seven very solidly with a couple of dimes. He's such a solid professional player. I love him a lot. I don't know what the Spurs are going to do. I don't even know if you can move LMA that easily, but uh, I think he's been one of the 
best players in the NBA this year. Yeah, sure. And uh, who's your third? Oh, and then Joker's my Joker. my bench center. Okay, yeah. yeah, I had the exact same thing as you, except I replaced Aldridge with Towns. And I know that Towns That's is... That's cool. You know, I, I have to I have to reward the man for shooting lights out from downtown this year. Oh, yeah. One of the best three point shooters in the game. But um, yeah, crazy. I mean, I would have him. He's only played 23 games. And, you know, to be honest, like Kawhi and Paul George should be right. on this list, too. But they haven't played enough games for us. That's so, you know, this absolutely. Um, in real life, since we are talking about real life, uh, Taco Fall in fan voting huh. is the sixth front court guy for the East. What is your, cause I know some people went up in a whole uproar about that, but I feel about the all-star games, the way that I feel about the pro bowl, which is like, if you're going to make it, if it's going to be a popularity contest, let's vote in fun people to see play. Like I would love to see taco fall play in the all-star game because he is seven, seven. And why the fuck not see him play with like the best players in the league or whomever, you know, could be around there. And the same thing with uh, Caruso. He's also almost getting voted in, in the West. So I was curious, this is your viewpoint. Cause in my viewpoint, I, there were some people I think who were like, well, this isn't, he, you know, he hasn't actually played enough to be an all-star. It's like, or it's really it's a really fun game that no one takes seriously. So let's vote in players who we want to see play in it. These games across these types of games, All Star games, Pro Bowls across all the sports, they're the only time when the fans are literally telling you what they want to see. Right. <laughs> like they're voting for a guy that hasn't even played, I don't know, like 50 total minutes or something. Uh, maybe he has, but he, he's um, a curiosity. He's not an NBA player and he's certainly not an all-star, but people want to see him. So if the people that are voting are taking enough time to actually do this, then the NBA should absolutely pay attention. They, these are the people that spend their time NBA. You should give them what they want. It's not the worst thing in the world to have like an honorary spot of, for fan votes on for each conference. And then you get to have fun players like this and the fans get to feel like they had an impact on uh, what happened in the season. Right. If you want to be a wet blanket on it, then change the rules. Right. Exactly. Like we're not the, the ones that's just do your yeah, own. Totally. Yeah. And that's what the all pro team is in, in football where it's like, then you actually have the all pro team, which is far more important because it's actual writers and people who care about football vote as opposed to just fans voting. And so it's like, all right, let's, if you're going to make the all-star game a fun thing that fans can participate in respect what the fans are participating, you know, what the fans are choosing, or if you don't want that, then don't have fans vote. They are literally telling you what they want to right. see. It doesn't matter if they're being serious or not, they would love to see it. And you know, just about the all-star game in particular, the media says that the players don't take it seriously. The players say that the media don't truly understand who's good and who isn't. And everybody says that the fans are stupid and, you know, aren't taking all of this seriously and don't know what they're talking about anyway. So like either everybody's wrong or we shouldn't, you know, judge what people like people want to see taco fall. It's cool. He's awesome. He's so tall. Yeah, how could you not? Um, also, it's a meaningless game. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> it 
Exactly. Uh, all right. So let's I don't do even the- really want some of these guys playing in the All Star game. Uh, I mean, I have real issues with having. It, I, no one ever gets injured, but if they did, it would, oh, be, it would devastating. be devastating. It would be. Oh yeah. Especially since it's in the middle of the year, the pro bowl, at least yeah. like, if a player gets injured in the pro bowl, no one in the super bowl plays. And so if they get injured in the pro bowl, it's like, okay, you have all off season. If Giannis were to get injured in the all-star game, there goes the oh, Bucks uh, season done down right. the drain. Yeah. And we'd start hearing calls to get rid of the all-star game. Yep. Um, and you know, the, people will counter that argument by saying, oh yeah, well, no one plays defense in the all-star game. That's not always true. We have seen all-star games where some of the players took it very seriously and like a challenge. Um, And even though defense on the whole doesn't get played during the all-star game, that just means that they're trying harder on offense and they want to do spectacular shit and really technically difficult stuff. Right. Like, so whatever, do you know, but it never happens. Knockwood. Do you know how Paul George and, uh, Gordon Hayward shattered their legs, not because of defense, just because they dunked the ball. That's so, a great point. Like that's a no, great point. Offense, offense can still kill. Uh, never forget. All right. In, in real life, East all-stars uh, for guards. I have Kyrie and Trey young Kyrie. Mm. I did not give a bump because of uh, missing time. I just, I was like, you know what? He's playing at the best level. I'll give it to him. So. Nice. Uh, I had Kemba and Bradley Beal. I, those were my bench guards. So, all right. Yeah. Kemba's really? averaging so tell me 21 why, plus points per game. Why doesn't Trey, um, Trey get your, uh, your starter? Oh, uh, because the Atlanta Hawks are hot, butt, <laughs> okay. and the Boston Celtics are a title contending team. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's really all that it, like if Trey young, Sometimes I'm like, man, I hope Trey Young isn't trying on defense because if he is, that's even more. That's, that's really sad. Yeah. Like if Harden were to come out in his memoir and be like, I was trying my best the whole time, I would be, <laughs> I, I would, it would upset me. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? It can't be. Oh, Jesus. Um, but I think, uh, I think there were some other play like, Ice Trey, obviously, just because of the scoring. I think Kyle Lowry could have been a consideration for a starting guard spot. Interesting. Um, he's aver- he's sixth in assists per game. He's averaging 20 points, seven and four with 3.2 three-pointers. Or I'm sorry, 24 and seven with three plus three-pointers made. He's having a great year, and the, the Raptors are in the four seed when people didn't think that would happen. And Pascal Siakam has also missed a bunch of games. And uh, I love Kyle Lowry. Did you see his uh, his hockey man interview, no. post-game interview? The, he just tried to do, like affect the uh, Canadian like hockey player oh, kind I of. I love it. <laughs> it. Yeah, it was great. He's so funny and awesome. He is great. It was really sad to see him and DeRozan's relationship get broken up. All I want for Christmas is DeRozan back in Toronto. Oh with Kyle. my God. That's all I want. That would be, be beautiful. So great. Um, yeah. Your East starting forwards. Okay. So I'm putting buckets at my small forward position. Jimmy Fair. Butler just looks like one of the best players in the NBA right now. Yep. And if they can get, I don't think there's any way they'll get the number one seed in the East, but if they get the number two seed, I sort of feel like you have to talk about him as an MVP candidate. Um, so he's my small forward. Giannis which we, is at which my we four. did talk about 
for yeah, totally. Uh, he plays mad. He's pissed off at everybody, and that's what's that's going to win you awards. Just like Westbrook when he was averaging a triple double out of spite. <laughs> and I have uh, Joel Embiid as my starting center. And Giannis as your four, I assume. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Of oh, course, yeah. I it was almost didn't even say it was I mean, like oh yeah yeah Giannis isn't Giannis is the only all star. All these other jokers, these it's assholes, just imp- they're just there to fulfill it. Yeah, I had the exact same thing. I had a reluctant Embiid. Um, I guess even though yeah. I was stingy on Embiid for injuries, I was not stingy on him on Kyrie for injuries. Don't ask for my logic; it's not there. Um, but it was just, this was the one, the main one where I was like, if I don't have Embiid as a starter, who gets bumped up? And mm-hmm. I didn't really, I didn't really find anyone. I was thinking between Siakam and Tatum. And then ultimately it's like, nah, Embiid is a, is the starter. And I'll just put Siakam and Tatum as my bench forward. So. Yeah. It's <laughs> when you're a Boston fan, everything's so tough, Pete. It I'm is so really sorry. hard for me. You just I, hate I appreciate, everybody. I appreciate the fact that you are taking the time to, to walk me through it. It's still really funny that you guys have your center rotation that you do. <laughs> it's I, yeah. Um, awesome. All right. So let's go into the bench for the East. Uh, my bench guards I already said were exactly who your starting guards were. I had Kemba and Beal. Both of those guys are having terrific seasons and you can't argue with, uh, I mean, they had to be in an all-star lineup. I couldn't put them into the starting. So we're going to get them in the bench. And I love, I love what Kemba has done in Boston. And it just seems like it's been an effortless transition for him too. And that not only the team loves him, but all Boston loves him. So it fills my heart with warmth. And if I was trying to be as impartial as possible, had I known that you would have had him as a starting guard, I would have put him (laughs) as a starting guard too. But I, uh, I tried to quell my Celtics fandom as much as possible. And he's fucking badass. Oh yeah. Yeah. We forgot that. Oh yeah. And he's super cool. He should be there. And he got, (laughs) he got, uh, kicked out for what exactly? We're unsure, but he's got an edge to him, I guess, according to referees. I mean, sometimes you've just had a day, you know, you're like, man, fuck this. I don't even care. Um, who are your, uh, bench guards? Okay. So for my bench guards, I went with the best defensive point guard in the East and the best offensive point guard in the East, Ben Simmons and ice tray. Uh, I just kind of really want to see those two play together. (laughs) It would be fun. It would be fun to maybe Trey could rub off some of his three pointing on Simmons. Like of all the teams that we could talk about for like if Philly breaks up and beat in Simmons, I do kind of feel like it would be a cool spot for Simmons to land in Atlanta. Cause then you have two really good distributors, but they're radically different players. And then who knows? Uh, You know, it doesn't seem like they want John Collins to be, to play center. So maybe Ben Simmons could be the East coast version of Joker and be a big distributing guy. Um, And then maybe his lack of three point shooting wouldn't matter as much. That is intrigued. I am intrigued by that. And then maybe you wouldn't hate his guts as much. No, I would. I certainly wouldn't. It's also, (laughs) I've, I have been like, 
I, I mean, if you listen to this podcast from its inception, you know, I, one of the things that I will firmly stand on is the Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid will not work together Hill and you need to break them up. And I think Philly is as a city way too invested and loves Embiid too much to trade him. And so I think at some point, the Sixers are going to have to trade Ben Simmons. And I would love to see what he can do on his own team, because I think that is what is holding him back ultimately. So getting him in the Hawks. I, I could get behind that. Also, you know, the Lakers have Kyle Kuzma and a couple of picks and, <laughs> and some a players. A couple of players and a couple of picks. All of a sudden. I mean, who says no? <laughs> uh, I would shit my pants, by the way, if that happened. But, that would. Um, I, I don't even know how that would happen. How? It, it would, let's yeah. not think about it. Let's, let's not, not think about, about it. it. It'll break our mind. But wait, he's a Kardashian guy, isn't he? Fuck, it's oh, probably going to happen. Fuck, it's definitely going to happen. And he's probably with Clutch. Ugh. Oh, it's definitely going to happen. Uh, (laughs) Fine. Whatever. Uh, My forwards, I've got Siakam Tatum. And then I guess Bama Adebayo. Sure. Sure. He's been great this year. So I figured I'll give the young guys some props. I stuck with Tatum, Sabonis, and Drum. Um, Tatum and Sabonis, we talked about. uh, They're just, they seem so important to their teams that uh, I feel like they really are like sort of the definition of all stars. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, drum because the Pistons need, he might not even be on the team by that point. That would be <laughs> but the amazing. Pistons need something good going for them. And I don't know. Do they like just <laughs> fucking burn the whole <laughs> goddamn thing down? <laughs> there you go. That's, that's the positive. Ugh, can't do attitude. I knew, I know from you. Um, awesome. Well, there you go. So those are our all-stars as we near the halfway point through the season, both in real life and in fantasy. Uh, and before we go, Let's quickly do what we always do, Natty. Let's rattle off some studs and duds, uh, some players who are going to have a great rest of the week in fantasy, some players who are going to struggle. Uh, and, you know, if we got some buds, guys who we just want to keep watching play, we'll talk about them too. Shout out to both of us for the, for the first time nailing both our picks. Even my daring Luca as a nice. dud pick panned out. So yeah, congratulations all around, everyone. Congratulations. I feel like well my done. pick should be counting more but uh but it's not <laughs> uh you are still still holding the lead in terms of uh, in terms of correct averages so let's uh what do you got for a stud this week okay my stud this week is mr kyle lowry mm-hmm. the raptors are playing the thunder the wizards and the timberwolves uh kyle's been eighth in fantasy over the past month he is so fucking sick and good. And outside of the Thunder, I feel like he'll be able to sort of have his way against the Wizards and the T-Wolves. So I think he's going to have a pretty good week. I like it. Uh, my stud for this week, not a particularly hard pick, but I'm going with Malcolm Mitchell. The, uh, the Jazz are playing the Pelicans and the Kings, both of whom uh, like to give up fantasy points. So, I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I heard know, that they like been, to do that. They've been known to uh to surrender the few <laughs> here or there. So I think Malcolm Mitchell, you know, he's going to uh he's gonna be able to perform quite well for you in either DFS or if you got him on your squad, obviously you'll just keep riding him. Nice. Love it. Who's your dud? I realized Ben Simmons. Halfway <laughs> Ben Simmons sucks halfway through the podcast that I hadn't done it. You know what? I'm gonna all right. Here's my dud. I'm going to get daring again uh, because it worked so well for me this time. And, nice. uh, and I'm going to do it again because, you know, when, you, when it works for you once, you, work, you write it again. 
Oklahoma City Thunder playing the Raptors, the Heat, and the Trailblazers. Trailblazers, uh, maybe this one won't pan out for me. But the Heat and the Raptors, both solid. Uh, CP3, point guard. Point guard not going to uh, be successful in fantasy for the rest of the week. He is going to put forward a dud. And uh, you know I'm right because I called Lucas dud. Nice. Uh, That is a big swing. I love it. I am going to try to counter. I am choosing as my dud the guy who's been ninth overall over the past month. Nice. And he is also playing the Raptors, Heat, and Blazers this week. I'm going with SGA, Shy Gilgis Alexander. I think he is going to have an enormous target on his back after that triple-double. I think that, uh, first of all, these teams have good guards and it's going to, yep. it's just going to be hard to play anyway. Um, and you know, he's still a young guy. He's still a really super young player. And, uh, it'll be interesting to see how other teams play the thunder now, because are they going to focus on SGA? Are they going to keep focusing on the point guard uh, point guard? Second time I did that. Um, you know, Danila Gallinari is still there. Steven Adams is still like Dennis Schroeder. There's the Thunder are really, really good. They should be primed to make a trade to get better, but maybe they don't care that much. But I think SGA is going to have a really tough week. We're both going with the Thunder guards. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. This is the problem when I uh, do my studs and duds while we are recording while i do them live i talk myself into absurd picks because the other guy i was thinking of and probably the guy who i should have gone now that i'm looking over the schedule and reflecting i went with chris paul as the big uh sexy name probably should have gone with like spencer dinwiddie who plays the sixers and the bucks oh yeah probably, i mean that's a good call that's probably a, call. a better pick but i'm sticking with chris paul baby i'm going back to back uh daring duds but also dud maybe doesn't apply as much to spence because some of his value is taking a hit just because Kyrie came back so it's not particularly dependent on like who they're playing right but you can expect spencer dinwiddie's numbers to come down a bit now that uh Kyrie is yeah do you have a do you have a bud i do have a bud um go pistons this is the detroit pistons podcast siku dumboya He's oh, playing Boston and Atlanta. You have yeah. been on him since Absolutely. the beginning. So now that Blake is out um, injured and Drum seems to be getting benched sometimes, and the fact that uh, Dr. Doom is apparently his nickname and that's the coolest <laughs> that's goddamn amazing. fucking thing Also for ever. anyone, any nerd of Marvel people know that Dr. Doom is like the most powerful villain in the Marvel Universe. Like he... Oh destroys thanos he pulls thanos's spine out of his body so if you think thanos is bad wait you know the dr doom nickname means you got some serious shit going for you pete dr doom has stolen the beyonders power (laughs) on multiple occasions okay like secret wars is about his ambitions fuck yes um also secret Dumboya is the youngest player in the nba he was the 15th overall pick in the draft and was considered one of the best international prospects. He looks really good. He's had several double-doubles over his first handful of games starting, and it probably is going to be fire sale in Detroit, so they're just going to be playing the young guys. Bruce yep. Brown is also a good guy to pick up. He's been the 55th best player over the past month on ESPN. 
um, Dumboya, Dr. Doom is going to get minutes. Uh, so all of the young guys on Detroit should be targeted by people. Even if you don't pick them up right now, they'll be good streamers and you should just, you know, if these dudes are going to start getting 34 minutes a night, you need to pick them up. 100%. Uh, my bud, I don't know when it's going to happen, but you got to put it out there because the rumors are starting to fly now. Eventually Zion is going to step onto a court. And eventually yeah. we're going to watch him play. And when he plays, the whole world is going to be watching him. And I can't wait to eventually see it, especially with this Pelicans team that we've already spoken so highly about uh, on both this pod and in pods past. But I don't feel like there is any player in the NBA who I am more excited to watch play than Zion when he eventually takes the court. So has to be an easy bud. I'm glad you mentioned that because um... – the Pelicans are 15 and 26 right now and out of the playoffs. The eighth seed in the West, the Memphis Grizzlies, they're 18 and 22. It's not impossible for New Orleans to go on a run and try to force themselves back into the playoff conversation. If Zion is the coming of the man that we think he could be, and if he fits with Brandon Ingram, I mean, the team could all of a sudden overnight he, look completely right. radically different. And um, God damn, that would be so cool for Pelicans fans if it all worked right away. I mean, it probably won't. These are extremely young people doing an extremely difficult job. Also, who knows what the turnover, like you mentioned with JJ Reddick, like there might be a bunch of churn sure. anyway. Yeah. Like Drew Holiday could get traded. Could get traded. Um, Lonzo could get traded. Uh, Derek Favors could get traded. Who knows what is going to happen there? But uh, it is going to be like I assume Zion's first game back will be nationally televised. Oh yeah, I, it has to. Like, I, I mean, I know that the NBA doesn't really change games as much as the NFL does, but you would think that you have to make you that would, you would a have big that game. game up. Um. All right, should we go? Since we've put together now a hour plus pod. Hey, all stars demanded a, all of you. Stars? Wait, have you seen Star Wars yet? I have not yet. Wow, that I I'm impressed by that. Thank Jesus. You. Well, that I'm, good for I'm, you. I'm living in Ann Arbor, Michigan with no social interaction so far, so I haven't really talked to anyone about it, and uh, I don't know. We haven't gotten around to it. Plus, we're getting a pupper. That's true. I haven't told you that. We're getting a puppy. Nice. What are you going to get? Uh, since I'm allergic to dogs, it has to be some sort of doodle. So we're getting a, uh, Labradoodle mixed with an Aussie. So they, they're bred to be like therapy dogs. So they're very chill and calm and nice. got the, the runt of the litter and evidently the most calm. So very excited about that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Congrats, man. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, puppies. I know. That's I'm so great. Excited. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, we will let you listeners go and I will let Natty go. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, the whole nine yards. We are there. Uh, Fate Teams channels where you can find us. So just search Fate Teams and we'll pop right up. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the Long Two Podcast. Uh, we will be back at you next week. Hopefully, Zion has stepped onto the court by then. But if not, we will make sure to discuss at length what to expect from him. Uh, until next week, Natty, have a good week. Have a great week, buddy. See you next time. 